0: It's hard to find in the morning papers It's hard to find in the magazines It doesn't matter what show you tune in. It's hard to find on TV screen but It's on talk radio the truth is on talk radio I hope. I'm Alan Watt, on the radio indeed, and cutting through the Matrix, standing in for John Stadmiller the next hour to go and trying to break through as I say, a matrix conditioning to help people understand that what's happening today is not really new in the sense uh, that you have an elite who interbreed they can appear like you but amongst themselves they call us the commoners we marry in common we don't marry Uh, because some high priesthood picks out good genes and power from powerful families and good dowries. Uh, We we marry uh, because we get a a tad, well, you know what I mean, we get kind of horny, and that's how we generally mate up. That's been the the system of life forever. But the characters at the top, no, they only marry generally just to have offspring. Their own offspring is very important because they are into eugenics. They've always been into eugenics, nothing new. And ancient times, sometimes kings would marry and pharaohs would marry their sisters to keep it all in the family. They thought they were superior. They didn't know why at the time. They called it blue blood and different names, but they knew it was something in their bodies that made them superior and ruthless. What it was really was simply the fact that they were psychopathic in nature. And as Plato said, Uh, You can train or or breed out or in any traits that humans have uh, into humans or out of them. And therefore, obviously, if you want a king, you want someone who's pretty ruthless on occasion, but yet manageable by the high priest. The high priests always have to manage them, the top advisors. Uh, They must be ruthless, psychopathic, uh, tremendous ego. And therefore, you want to breed out any symptoms or, of compassion. Therefore, the ones who show the right psychopathic traits are, are ma- matched up with a female from another powerful family, a family that's dominated maybe whole countries, and that's how they've been made up. They're psychopathic, but from their point of view, they are the natural successors and the natural ones to dominate the world. That's what they believe. Uh, they often couch it in phrases such as this is nature's way. Darwin was very good at that. Uh, We we don't, uh, even Albert Pike said it, we don't criticize nature. He was talking about those with the high IQs, the brains, the cunningness, uh, uh, like like top predatory animals to get their prey and always be top dog. They think that's natural and they think the ones at the bottom, the commoners, uh, should be subjugated and meant To serve them, that's the purpose of the masses the whole democracy nonsense was put out there simply to con the public from the 1700s onwards when all the revolutions were happening con them into believing uh, that they had rights and they were all equal in those rights Uh, otherwise we'd have revolutions every four or five years so instead they give you elections and keep telling you you have rights even when they show by their actions that you don't you don't have rights, you do what you're told, or else. And that was the con game that was pulled off because the elite in the 1700s had a few big scares and they decided it would never ever happen again. They would employ think tanks, they would project the future by keeping the pulse on the public and finding out where it was going and guide the public along different paths. They'd give us our thoughts and our topics and they would give us a new culture that's been very successful. As far as interracial ra- racial problems go, or marriage goes, good luck to anybody in this day and age that can get married from any group or different races and actually make it work. Good luck to them because marriage itself, as everyone knows, is under attack in all cultures and there's very little chance, as everyone knows, of anyone coming through it with the same mate the day they die. I'll be back with more after the following messages. Get ready for Real Talk Radio. You're listening to the National Intel Report with your host, John Statmiller. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. Filling in for John Statmiller? An Intel report. And I'll be back on again one hour after the show ends, but cutting through the Matrix, so look in later tonight. We are under attack, all right, but so is the whole world under attack. They say delete themselves, have no favorites in this game. Uh, they uh, go to all the top meetings with scientists and so on and listen to them gibbering on about the the wonderful new races they'll create to serve them better the new humanoid types with uh, mixtures of some better material here and there. They'll swap different genes from different people and different races for what the desired outcome. Different kinds of purpose-made humans. Ideal design, ID. The ID also has another meaning. It means ideal design. And they've come to the conclusion a long time ago, we're just too imperfect. Uh, we need too much entertainment. We have to reward ourselves. Uh, When we work every month, we want to buy some little piece of plastic from China that's supposed to make us incredibly happy uh, for five minutes and then work another month to get something else from China that will break before you know it. Uh, That's the con game. It's all a big lie. We've all been trained Pavlovian-style into this system and people wonder why they're generally unhappy. Well, things don't make you happy. You see, the things don't make you happy. Uh, Being a true human being and interacting with other humans is the only thing that can make you happy. It's from within. That's where happiness comes from, not from little things that you buy and turn to rust or fall apart, or the plastic uh, it just breaks in your hand as they do today, generally. Everything today is meant to fall apart. It's cheap junk because we're going through the last phases of the consumer society. The next type that they bring in won't be a consumer society. there will be a servile society, purpose-made. That's where it's going. And yes, the, the boys at the top probably will try and stir up the racial tensions within countries that have done this down through the centuries, over and over. If they can't get people uh, of a different race to do it, they'll, they'll pick on religion, one religion against another. We saw that in Northern Ireland going on too for years. Uh, something they set up in the 1500s that they could always pull out the hat every so often when things got too quiet. And they always give you your leaders, unfortunately, and all sides and all colours. And the the general population of the world better catch on to this fact rather quickly. And personally, you see, I don't judge a person by their skin colour or their accent. And I don't believe I have to love a whole race of people even the ones I come from, I go on by whom I like personally, individually. If there's something special in them or they talk from the heart, and this is real person speaking, that's the only thing that makes you like someone or dislike them. Uh, but to blanket, to cover a whole people as uh, some kind of stereotype is, is just simply out of date. The elite don't care about one group or another. When we get that through our heads, maybe we can all work together to thwart and divert this particular agenda from the path it's deemed to go on. Now, as they're dunging us down through many, many ways, inoculations is one way. They have been tampering with our, our genes through inoculation. Our immune systems are down. by three-quarters shot, basically, uh, compared to 1950s level. So the more inoculations they give us, uh, the more shot uh, our immune systems become because that was the purpose of them in the first place. It was not to make you healthier. It was because they decided a long time ago, there was simply too many of us. And Thomas Malthus, who worked for the East India Company, had that big warning cry in the 1700s and published his little little essay on, on population and the problems that he foresaw on behalf of the elite. We found the same thing being reiterated by Charles Galton Darwin, the grandson of Charles Darwin, In the 1950s with his big book well worth reading called the next million years where he stood up for the elite saying there's too many commoners they're breeding out of control they'll overwhelm us we've got to do something about it maybe sterilize them maybe use the needle to do it Uh, maybe spray it on them maybe put in their water supply and their food supply and so on but it has to be done and he was given massive applause By all the leading institutions of his day. For seeing all of that. These are very, very very nice psychopaths at the top. Now, while all of this is going on and we're diverted all over the world. Now, for the last 10 years, we have been sprayed daily from the air. And anyone with a thinking brain who does not disregard their own perceptions uh, will see it. You see? Now... Zygmunt brzezinski did say in his own book between two ages that shortly the public will be unable to think or reason for themselves unless it's on television so if it's not on television they won't believe it even though they see it and that's happened because the spraying is heavy daily dosing of spraying has gone on all across the world even in japan now and in china and I'm certain that within all of this stuff, it's not just to do with atmosphere or weather control. That's part of it. We know that. There's a lot of documentation out on the HARP technologies that are used in conjunction with the spraying of the air. The metallic particles make HARP more effective. They, they signed into a treaty in the 1970s, the United Nations, all the things that HARP could do uh, earthquakes, tidal floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, and so on droughts and and floods. All of that stuff was already under its capability back then. But there's another aspect of the spraying because you go back to the the originator of the aerial spraying, and that was the man who came up and invented the H bomb Mr. Teller. And mister Teller advised spraying the air with metallic particles using a harp type technology. But he also said apart from using it for weather warfare, they could also affect the moods and the minds of the populace It was already known back in the 1950s. And people are getting sick across the world, chronic chronic bronchitis that just doesn't leave them uh, from this aerial spraying. And I've got thousands of photographs, too many to even put up on the website, and they come in every day from all over. Here's an article from the Epoch Times. That's E-P-O-C-H, Times, the Epoch Times. I say poch like, like a Scotsman does or a German does. English would say epoch, but it's a C-H at the end of it. And it's from January the 16th, 2008, by Martin Croucher, Times UK staff. Humans tampering with the atmosphere may be causing extreme weather patterns experts, you know, this big group of experts believe, They believe that the debate on climate change has ignored the role of environmental manipulation projects. Artificial manipulation of the climate is nothing new. During the Vietnam War, the U.S. military used cloud seeding techniques to cause torrential rain and disrupt enemy supply lines. Last month, Chinese media reported that the Communist Party was preparing rain prevention techniques to be used on the opening and closing ceremonies of the Beijing Olympics this year. This is old this is child's play. But some experts believe that the new technology can enable governments to manipulate the climate patterns globally for military use. Extreme weather patterns in recent years, such as record numbers of hurricanes, floods, and droughts across the world, may have been a result of such technology being tested, they claim. Next, play it down a bit it says without concrete evidence to support them, now there is concrete evidence. Such claims to them remain little more than a hot topic for conspiracy theorists. That's a term put out by the elite for all of us to use. Conspiracy theorists, like it's a new hobby. But there are things about the various atmosphere atmospheric research projects run by the U.S. military that do not stack up. The High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, HARP, based in Gokona, Alaska, An array of transmitters pointed towards the sky is claimed to be a scientific endeavour for studying the properties and behaviour of the upper atmosphere. They deal with the ionosphere. Now that's only one base, there's another one in Greenland and Iceland, and they have 54 worldwide. It consists of an ionospheric research instrument which fires a beam of energy at the upper atmosphere and a series of other antennae for monitoring changes. But too many, the project resembles a death ray with all the hallmarks of a James Bond film. Canadian economist and policy advisor Dr. Michael Chuzodovsky calls it a weapon of mass destruction, which it is actually. That's why they signed the treaty at the United Nations that can cause mass destruction. Actually, they said this makes the atom bomb obsolete at the United Nations. The project is funded by the U.S. Air Force and Navy, and on its website claims that a key purpose is to enhance communications and surveillance systems for both civilian and defense purposes. The idea is to magnify communication signals so they can be received by receivers on submarines and underground bunkers. Now, that's not true because they already had during the whole Cold War alternate systems to pass the extremely low frequency signals to submarines. Uh, people who have a memory might remember uh, all of the stories that came up with the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, and spooky movies they put out there too, about companies going crazy on ships and an aircraft, and they just couldn't figure out what it was. Well, it was because in Bermuda, you see they were using special transmitters for ELF. And ELF also is how whales and dolphins and so on guide themselves, and they kept beaching themselves up on the beaches and had all the, the fish lovers out pulling them back in to the water, trying to save them, and they would come immediately back onto shore again, and they couldn't figure it out. Well, it's because there were, that was the military-industrial complex doing that. That's what was behind it. They didn't need harp for that project. Then it goes on to say, Uh, It says the project is funded by the U.S. Air Force and Navy and on its website claims that a key purpose is to enhance communications and surveillance systems. The idea is to magnify communication signals so we can receive by receivers on subs. According to some, the facility also possesses the capability to knock out communications in a wide area of the world by making modifications to the ionosphere. Well, they've already tested that and they can do it. Now we're back with more after the following messages. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, standing in for John Stadmiller, and I'll be on for the next oh, 40 minutes or so. And then I'll be back on with Cutting Through the Matrix at 8 p.m. Eastern. And I'm reading this article from the Epoch Times to do with the HARP technologies. And I'll continue because this part's quite important. It says the facility has been used for this purpose. If it's been used for this purpose, it's doubtful that we would ever find out. In 1977, the U.S. was signatory to an international convention which banned military or other hostile use of environmental modification techniques having widespread, long-lasting, or severe effects. You'll find that if you go into the United Nations, into the treaties section, uh, under Weather Warfare Treaties. It defined environmental modification techniques as any technique for changing through the deliberate manipulation of natural processes, the dynamics, composition, or structure of the Earth, including its biota, lithosphere, hydrosphere, and atmosphere, or of outer space. Well will have done all of that, actually, including outer space. However, according to Dr. Chusadovsky The scientific establishment has since been mute on the possibility that unusual weather patterns may have arisen from artificial manipulation. But we all see it. They put the farmers out of business in the U.S. and Canada, especially out the West there, uh, by giving them drought after drought and then giving them a flood after about four years. That's part of it because there's been no private uh, Agriculture, it's all to be big agri-food businesses. The top five, like Monsanto, Archer Daniels, Midlands, and so on because the United Nations has said that farming was too important to be left to families. To continue this article, however, according to Dr. Chusadovsky, the scientific establishment has since been mute. This is one of the most powerful weapons in the world, but no one mentions it at the policy level. This has potentially devastating consequences for the environment, yet no one dares to raise it when they meet on the global climate agenda. And that's a truth. No one will talk about the spraying or the use of harp. And ham radio guys have been picking this up 24 hours a day. I can pick up on my shortwave uh, 24 hours for the last, oh, seven, eight years now. Eight years daily. It says, this is a weapon of mass destruction in the truest sense of the word. It could be used to interfere with the climate in a wide area without anyone knowing anything about it. According to radiation expert Dr. Rosalie Bertel, HARP has a facility for disrupting weather patterns. She said, I believe that this is an attempt to influence the course of the vapor rivers, which are streams of vapor card in the lower atmosphere, five each in the northern and southern hemisphere, which bring rain from the tropics into the temperate zones. The course of these rivers, when changed, can cause drought or flooding. It's also likely that these harp manipulations of the ionosphere can influence the shape of the jet streams, which in turn have effects on temperature and local weather patterns. Now, when they first uh, used this ice, I, I watched it on television about, oh, nine years ago. And suddenly the jet stream was going right up the Pacific, doing a right angle at British Columbia or Vancouver, and going straight across as across, a straight line across the whole of Canada uh, out to Nova Scotia. That never happened before. Now it's fairly common, because in the Harp Treaty, if you go into it, you'll see that they can bring down the jet stream, Right down to ground level and cause devastation and all kinds of strange weather. To continue with this particular article, it says the course of the, it is her figures is her research is corroborated by Nick Bigge, an author and associate of Dr. Bernard Eastlund, one of the figures behind the creation of Harp. According to Chuzadovsky, he owned a patent. And he goes into the patent number and so on. It's called Method and Apparatus for Altering a Region in the Earth's Atmosphere, Ionosphere, and or Magnetosphere, under a contract with Atlantic Richfield Corporation, that's ARCO, whose subsidiary Advanced Power Technologies, APTI, completed, uh, completed the first stage of the Harp project. There has, however, been little official indication that HARP is to be used for military purposes. Now, that was the main purpose of it, remember. Now, they don't build multi-billion establishments across the planet so they can take photographs and admire them. All warfare weaponry is meant to be used. They've never made anything which they haven't used, eventually. And they're using this today because the whole con game of global warming is being caused by a global attack on the atmosphere and that's what part of all this daily spraying across the world is all about you'll see them crisscrossing the skies if you're up early enough in the morning it's in Belgium, Luxembourg, all over the planet, I've got the photographs but again if the mainstream media ignores it and you mention it to someone who is stuck in the mainstream media it can't be important they will deny what they see It's also an official policy for the Air Force in Canada, Britain, and all over to give out the same standard reply to anyone complaining, and they'll tell you what a condensation trail is. Like little children, little baby words, how how condensation trails are formed. These trails that go across the sky, if you watch them, you'll often see them switching on the spray and then go across part of the sky and switch it off again. Now, if that was a condensation trail coming from the, the burners and the afterburners, that plane, which is not a glider, would start tumbling out of the sky. It would not continue in a straight line at the same speed, at the same altitude. It'd be impossible. So they switch on and off and on and off across the sky, making little dots and dashes sometimes. We'll be back with more after these messages
1: you're listening to the republic broadcasting network because you can handle the truth
0: The National Intel Report, the real talk radio show. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, playing for John Stadmiller, who is down with the flu today. And we're back on after the show ends in an hour afterwards, an hour later, with Cutting Through the Matrix. I'm reading an article from the Epoch Times about the Harp technology. And just to finish off what it says here, they points to a document that was released from the Air University of the U.S. Air Force. The number is AF-2025, final report. And they're going to see here a fanciful document of future technologies. This is what supposedly the conspiracy theorists use as evidence, but it's actual fact. It was also published in newspapers across the country, across the world. And again, to see it, it's... um, it's an extract from the Air University of the U.S. Air Force, AF-2025, final report. It reads, U.S. Airs- aerospace forces will own the weather by capitalizing on emerging technologies and focusing development of those technologies to war-fighting applications, from enhancing friendly operations or disrupting those of the enemy via small-scale tearing of natural weather patterns, to complete dominance of global communications and counter space control, whether modification offers the warfighter a wide range of possible options to defeat or coerce an adversary. He goes on to read, However, it is doubtful the document readily available online carries any official indication of current policy, but of course they won't add to that. A spokesman for the U.S. Department of Defense was unavailable to comment on the accusation at the time of going to print. Well, they have been using it, you see. And they are using it because they must create a form of chaos, a form of chaos that the world's going to hell in a handbasket, and nature's just going rampant and chaotic with uh, all kinds of weird weather happening and it's all our fault. And that, of course, was what was dreamed up in the Club of Rome, the big think tank that works for the globalists. When they came up with the idea You'll find this in their own book, written by the two uh, heads, the CEOs of the Club of Rome, in their book called The First Global Revolution. It was printed in about 1991. They tell you in the 1970s they were looking for ways to unite the whole planet because they found that in wartime, that's when people all obey and come together and go through sacrifice and do what they're told. So they'd have to find a new type of war to pull cool the planet together in a global society. And they hit upon the idea, out of many possible ideas, that man was destroying uh, Mother Earth, you see, and, and creating tremendous weather problems. Therefore, man would be the enemy, and they would have to bring in a new system to control man. they tell you all about it. They could have picked the space alien thing if we don't believe in it enough and uh, projected holograms in the sky. They almost had that going with uh, all the the big cults that grew up off the UFO syndrome. So be very, very careful what you want to believe in, do your homework on everything, and try and always find and look behind the screen of the Wizard of Oz to see who's pulling the little levers and what he wants you to believe, and then you'll find out for yourself what you should look into and what you should, what conclusions you should come to for yourself. Now, on the line, we've got, I think it's Mohammed from Oregon. Are you there? Hello? Uh, yes, uh,
1: Mr. Alan, uh, can you hear me good? Yes. Yes, uh, indeed. I would like uh, to appreciate uh, you taking my call, and uh, I have few comments for you. First of all, the Bush speech will seek to calm fear over the economy. Uh, what a baloney. I mean, our economy is is gone down the tube. I mean, millions of the people with the mortgages that they given to them are messed up. And now he's telling us everything is good. Again, he lies and he lies and he lies. I mean, and he thinks that we are going to buy it. Never, never. We are not going to buy uh, his lies that he's going to say. And also, he's going to warn the third time for Iran's attack, uh, World War III. So in Persia, we say if you say things three times, it will happen. So two times he, uh, in the past um, few months, he won that World War II will be start from Iran, and now he's going to again uh, pretty much say the same thing again in his uh, speech in a few days. So, um, I mean, I would like to your comment on uh,
0: his uh, uh, speech, please. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't generally follow their speeches, because I, I believe what Eisenhower said, and he said that the general public should realize that one man cannot rule a whole nation in a state. There are so many departments. And so the front men at the top uh, are given scriptwriters uh, who know generally more than the front man does. And that's why there's a whole group of them who have specialized areas. Uh, one man, and this is the myth of modern democracy, that one man somehow is in charge. That's the con game that we believe in. Uh, we have military industrial complexes above it. We do have. Literally, people from Hollywood, scriptwriters who work with them, and, and write scripts often to con the public. They understand the psychology of people very, very well. They definitely do. We see. We're, they don't want to kick off World War Three. We're in World War Three. Uh, World War Three began with the first attack on Iraq. The first attack on Iraq back in the 90s. That was the kick-off to World War Three, and the whole agenda was to bring in a new global order of things. And those countries that had not joined the, the IMF and the, the world banking system, uh, those systems who didn't have what they called democracy because they decided uh, that they'd, they'd lied after all when they brought people into the United Nations, when they said you can keep your customs and your your way of life, etc. That was a con they used for 50 odd years. Now they don't, they're not uh, pretending anymore. They decided long ago ago, they would only have one world culture, and that was the culture that they would give to a world society. And so anyone who was religious uh, might be a problem because religion, regardless of all the the problems within religions, um, it leaves the individual with, with a conscience. You either obey what you think is right by your God or your deity or whatever, or you obey your king. And often there was conflict there when you didn't want to obey your king. That's why we find that before the King James Bible came out, the King James Bible came out in response to the Geneva Bible being written in Switzerland by by expatriates who were in hiding. Um, And it was was trying to show the people that they didn't have to follow illegal or or ungodly even uh, laws Put out by their kings, and the King James Bible was put out in a response, where the writers and authors were told to try and and build up all those statements, where the king was the sovereign and God put him there. It was a war, so religions are used, and holy books are used as war, and always updated. (laughs) But but exactly, Uh, uh, yeah, this war today. uh is to eradicate all religions it's time they they have said that all what they claim are superstitions must cease and the new sciences or the the scientists are the new priesthood they will the experts will tell us what to believe or not believe in this new grand world order therefore they must eradicate all those old systems uh, including the family too see religions tending to keep the families together by giving them specific laws And and that, again, is part of it because their mission, even in the 1800s, according to H.G. Wells, was elimination of the family unit. So those countries that still have uh, a functioning family unit are to be eradicated.
1: Uh, Exactly. And, you know, uh, one word religion and one word language, such as Esperanto or or Interlingua or Kiringon i mean they are going to push for that and i mean it is i mean
0: everything is that they have uh, everything is in place in order I you mean, see, they don't go- even have to go along the old way of esperanto or any of those new new uh, languages to try to dream up because when they insert a chip in you you will have a computer language that's the big thing so they're going to bypass they don't even need esperanto anymore uh, we're talking about simple graduations within generations. Now it's a, a rush and m- lots of changes between each generation. Uh, they're looking to be 20 years down the road when they'll have a society that are all hooked up to computers and you'll have what they call the language of mathematics will rule your life. That's what Lord Bertrand Russell did his thesis at university on. That's what he worked on was a computer language for, for a computer society.
1: Exactly. Uh, uh, I think you're right. But, I mean, they're pushing that in the. Uh, I mean, in. Uh, uh, in. Uh, I, I sent you an email, actually. Did, have you ever received my email yet? On the
0: worldgovernment.org?
1: On the I worldgovernment.org? not even look at them, to be honest. I've been so busy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I sent you on the worldgovernment.org that they're issuing the world passport to that and uh, World Identification Card and World uh, Marriage Certificate, World uh, Driver's License, etc. too. I mean, that's uh, very important. I hope you can get to the bottom of it and uh, you tell us uh, more about uh, what uh, what kind of organization they are and, and to whom they uh, they are affiliated. I believe they have affiliated with CFR, but I'm not sure.
0: You'll you find that the World Citizen Society are behind it. And, and the World Citizen Society uh, is run by the Rockefeller Foundation. They give out world citizenship awards. Now, here's a family who are intensely involved in politics. Uh, they've even had members in the, in the Senate and so on. And, uh, um, and they're giving out global citizenship awards to all the top people. Uh, even, I think even um, some of the people who are running for president today have. Global Citizenship Awards, and here they are applying for a national position over you. But you see, the secret the Society that fund, founded the, the Council on Foreign Relations and the Royal Institute for International Affairs that runs these big foundations on behalf of the global aristocratic and, and royal elite um, go by Socrates. And Socrates supposedly, according to Plato, when he was dying, he said uh, that I die not as an Athenian or a member of Attica, I die as a citizen of the world. And so it was only for a philosophical elite that this, uh, this, who would take over this world that that's what it was meant for. And it's still the same today. They see themselves as a separate breed, much more evolved than the rest of society that still thinks of what they call the narrow confines of nationalism
1: exactly and i have one question the last question for you what what would be a solution how can we prevent all these maths? how we can prevent all these things uh, of of really to go forward and uh, to go to the final stages i know we are in the final stages but what are uh, I, mean, I know I am wake up. You are wake up. Your listeners are to wake up, woke up. I mean, so what else can we do? I mean, I mean, in yeah. what ways can we what, what do? What you've got today, and, and this
0: is the key, the key to everything. And it's how I kind of started this talk at the, the beginning of the show. This is a, this is a fight to re, to regain and retain your humanity, and, and that means that we have to very quickly decide. Are we really so unhappy that we'll go along with this Borg agenda? That's what it is. You're going to become Borg in the future. Or is what we are, which is a full human being with a complete range of emotions and abilities to to love, even the ones to hate at times, all of those things, a complete human being, is it worthwhile fighting to retain that And and that's what the war truly is all about at the very bottom level. If we don't stand up and say, yes, life is not supposed to be one happy journey into nirvana uh, every day of the week. with the good and the bad and be mature. See, maturity is not down today. We've created a youth culture with a very immature society. Even our comedy shows are awful. Um, they've created an immature... And you know, people, people who are middle-aged and elderly today are just as immature often. They've learned nothing their whole lives. We're not supposed to be happy all the time. There's even a happiness sometimes and sadness is definitely a growing uh, that comes out of it and grief. And are we going to allow them to change all of that and make, remake humanity and, they, and what the image they want us to be? Or are we going to stand up and say, we have all the rights in the world to decide which way we will go?
1: Exactly, indeed. And thank you very much for taking my call. And you have a nice uh, evening
0: over there in Canada. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that truly is what the battle is. It's not a battle to retain the few pennies you have in the bank, It's not a battle to to earn enough money for that cable TV so you can get your mind sozzled every night and fried by all the junk uh, as they push the envelope, as they call it, in the trade. And that's what they call it in the culture creation industry. They push the envelope to see how much degradation they can put out to you daily and monthly and yearly and watch you go down the hill. Because when you are completely degraded, you have nothing to fight for. That's the bottom line. This is a science. This is a science understood thousands of years ago by people like Plato who was trained in Egypt. Egypt had run the ancient world for 5,000 years already. That's an awful long time. These sciences of culture creation and updating culture like a computer program were well understood. They can give people their reality or their more, more realistically, their unreality. They can have you worshipping a stone, a flame, whatever they want you to worship, a statue, or an invisible man in the sky. Whatever they want, they can make it happen, but they will tell you what the big man in the sky wants. And they'll make laws all around it. And they'll make sure that the children are conditioned and grow up believing it and act accordingly. It's culture creation. And the first thing you must do is distort perceptions, something that they knew in the days of Zoroastrian. Zoroastrianism was, was a perfect technique of that, the dialectic, the good and the bad in constant battle down through eternity. Ahura Mazda versus Ahriman. That's what it was all about. And that's where most of the religions came from, that, that source in fact. You had uh, someone uh, writing all the good points that you did down through life and someone writing all the bad points down through life. Good and bad, hell, heaven, and so on. And then they made the people obey them and have them worshiping fire, sacred fire. You can just light a fire anymore. You need permission today to you a license to do it. It's the same con game. Same con game. You distort the perceptions of what you see yourself and you'll come to a conclusion It's already predetermined because you've been trained that's what you're going to see. It's no different uh, than taking people out and showing them the sky it's full of streaks and all these aircraft going back and forth in a grid pattern. And they'll tell you they see nothing. When you point out the lines in the sky, they'll say, well, yeah, I see some lines, but that's condensation. Hi. I'm Alan Watt, back for the last couple of minutes Off the Intel report, standing in for John Stadmiller Who's down with the flu She'll be back tomorrow, I hear And for myself, I'll be back in an hour's time With Cutting Through the Matrix But in the meantime, yeah, I've been talking about How perceptions are distorted And how we think we're coming to our own conclusions But we're not really... We're not coming to our own conclusions when we can see evidence of something that should shock us because your survival capabilities are meant to kick in. But because the media isn't talking about something which you can see, then you disregard it. It must be unimportant. They tell you the things you should think about and worry about. Like poor Britney Spears or someone. Something, something like that, you know. One person in, among, among seven billion people, they have everybody prattling on and gossip gossiping about that's how they tell us to to worry worry about this But disregard what you see with your own eyes disregard the chronic illnesses that are breaking out and have been for some time disregard as we're getting healthier and healthier as science takes over all medication and so on disregard the fact that we're dropping dead one and two with cancers Uh, how can that be if we're getting healthier and, and all these inoculations are meant to help us population reduction you see very very simple the media won't go into that aspect of it their job is to be part in fact they're an essential arm of government the media gives you your reality they tell you what to think about what to worry about what to do, what to wear and all the gossip they fill your head with what to emulate what's in, what's out They help you to float through life. Float through, but never look around you. That's the job. Scientific indoctrination. And it's not surprising that the top media moguls down through the last hundred years or so run off and get knighted by Her Majesty the Queen for their good works and keeping you all dumb. Dumbed down. And immature. That's the job of it. I used to wonder why they gave so much accolade to the top newscasters, even in Britain, never mind the US, when they retired. I mean, this guy reads a dummy board. He just reads, he's a good reader. He's paid to be a good reader. He doesn't even make the news up. But it's because they wanted you, a whole nation, to become familiar with that face because he became daddy and of course the question is would daddy ever lie to you? you grew up with them they never retire they keep them there for about 60 years and pay them incredible salaries for reading a dummy board for 15 minutes to half an hour per night not bad money if you can get it that's why they keep them there so long the most trustworthy father-like figures who look at your eyes right to you every night Nashly is reading a dummy board right in front of him. It's all illusion. The world is run on tricks and mirrors and distorted perceptions. We better snap out of the illusions very, very quickly, while we have time to think at all. From myself and Amish up here in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.